0: The passage today comes from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 13, and it's on page 1864 of the Black Bibles. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you have found to be fallen short of it. For we have also had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day God rested from all his works. And again in the passage above he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore since it remains for some to enter that rest... And since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God sent a certain day calling it today. This he did when a, a long time ago he later spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, For anyone who enters God's rest also enters rest from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to, to a dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes, of, the eyes of him, to whom we must give account.
1: Good morning everyone, uh, my name is Jack, if I haven't met you before, one of the pastors here, now happy Mother's Day as well. Um, we're um, continuing in our third week in our series, uh, getting into the book of Hebrews, uh, the first week. Uh, we looked at, at Jesus as being the better messenger, the one we need to hear. Um, last week, we looked at Jesus as being the better human, the only one who can bring us back to God. Uh, and this morning, we're looking at the, the better at rest as well. You might have noticed that word came up quite a lot in the passage that was read out this morning in Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, but is, is there a time <coughs> uh, when you've forgotten to listen to something you know you should have listened to? A time you've forgotten to listen to something you know you should have listened to? When I was a child, my dad told me, he said, Jack, if you're walking near long grass, watch out for snakes. And as a child, I was really wary of snakes near long grass, and it actually kept me from straying into long grass where a snake was while we were on holiday one time when I was a child. Uh, When I was a teenager, my dad said, Jack, remember, if you're walking near long grass, watch out for snakes. And I said, yes, dad. Uh, When I was walking near a river with long grass, I was really wary. And when I saw a snake near the water's edge from a distance, because I was being wary, I I didn't go anywhere near it. Uh, When I was a uni student and an adult, I was going away for the weekend on a camp and Dad said, Jack, remember, if you're walking near long grass, watch out for snakes. Uh, But I didn't listen. I hadn't had a bad experience with a snake. That always kind of stayed away from me. I hadn't been bitten And if I'd seen them, they'd they'd been at a distance. So I didn't pay attention. I didn't listen. And on that camp, I went for a hike up a hill. There was long grass all around me, a beautiful sunny day. And I wasn't at all thinking about listening to the words that my dad had told me. I'm pretty sure I was too preoccupied with trying to impress the girl I liked who was walking with me. Uh, But lo and behold, uh, I stepped down and I looked down at my feet and about an inch behind my heel was the long brown body of a snake just lying there in the sun. I didn't listen to what my dad had said and it almost cost me dearly. Now luckily that snake, it didn't try and bite me, it slithered off. Uh, Meanwhile, I let out this really like high-pitched squeal and I jumped about three metres. And the girl I was trying to impress, I think for some reason that she wasn't that impressed, but that's (laughs) all right. I listened when I was a child. I listened when I was a teenager. I didn't listen when I was an adult. I came very close to paying a big price for that. Uh, See, this morning what I hope stands out for us is this. Uh, If you listened to God's Word a month ago, that's really great. If you listened to God's Word a week ago, that's really awesome. If you listened to God's Word yesterday, that's amazing. But you know, even if you've never listened to God's Word before... Well, the author of Hebrews actually says the same thing to all of us today. It's from verse 7, it should be on the screen. It says, Today, that's today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Uh, see, Hebrews is a book that spurs us on to keep following Jesus in a culture that doesn't follow Jesus, but that has created a current that pushes and pulls us away from Him. Uh, and this morning, the author of Hebrews wants us to remember that it's not enough To have listened to God's word in the past, uh, but today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Uh, You'll see in your outline, if you've got one of those in the leaflet this morning, that there are three things we're looking at from the passage. We're looking at God's rest. Point two is actually hard hearts, and point three is soft hearts. And if you're a note taker, here is what I'd love for you to write down, or here's what I'd love for everyone to remember here this morning. It's this that God wants us to be where He is in the world to come. So today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. God wants us to be where He is in the world to come. So today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Point one is God's rest. Uh, Hebrews 4 is kind of bookended by two statements about rest, actually warnings. Eight times in this passage, the word rest appears. Hebrews 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. And later in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11, near the end of the passage, we read, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Now, I don't know what comes to mind when you, when you hear the word rest, It might be something you're looking forward to, This Arvo after church, a nice rest in front of the TV after a Mother's Day lunch or something like that, or with a cup of tea, with a book in hand, some time to unwind, Uh, no need to do anything, just switch off for a while. When I hear the word rest, I actually see a beach and just being near the ocean in some way, shape or form. Uh, What the author has in mind when they write about rest here though, uh, isn't the kind of rest where you put your feet up for a while and relax. It's not the kind of rest where you just switch off from the concerns of life for a little while. See, the kind of rest the author of Hebrews is talking about here is this. Uh, It's being with God where God is and taking part in God's finished work. It's being with God where God is and taking part in God's finished work. Uh, We read in the second part of verse 3 to verse 4, Yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world somewhere he has spoken about a seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. So he rest as being with God where God is, taking part in God's finished work. Uh, when I was in primary school, uh, one night before my birthday, my dad stayed up late at night after I'd gone to sleep, building me a, a slot car racetrack in the back room of the house. Now, a slot car racetrack, there's a racetrack with some remote-controlled cars on it. You've got a remote in your hand and you pull the trigger And the cars kind of race around this track. And Dad was building that for me while I was sleeping. He put all the pieces together. He crafted it into a track that had some really tight corners and some other really nice, long, slow corners. There was a bridge that kind of crisscrossed over part of the track. There were hills. Uh, There was a tunnel to drive under as well. Uh, He stayed up late at night working to finish this slot car racetrack for me to make sure it was all working perfectly and really well. And that the cars would race along the track, that they wouldn't fling off on every corner. Uh, And in the morning when I opened my eyes, I walked out to the back room and I gazed in awe and wonder uh, at my dad's finished work. And then with my dad, I enjoyed his finished work, which he gave me to enjoy with him as we raced each other on that track. I was with my dad where my dad was, taking part in my dad's finished work. See, the picture we get in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, uh, it's such a beautiful picture. See, what we see there is Adam and Eve uh, being with God, where God is, and taking part in God's finished work of creation. Adam and Eve together work and tend to God's creation, His garden, delighting in the relationship they can have with the God who created them and gave them His beautiful creation to tend to and to enjoy. And we get this one really beautiful image of this in chapter 3 of Genesis, just before everything goes pear-shaped. We read it in verse 8 on the screen behind me. We read, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. What a picture. God, the creator of everything we can see around us, walking around in his finished creation, where Adam and Eve could walk with him, enjoying the cool of the day together walking around the garden God had created, where Adam and Eve found their home. They were safe, they were at peace, and were at rest. See, when we hear the word rest in this passage, this is the idea on view. Being with God where God is, taking part in God's finished work. But in Hebrews, there's this problem kind of presented that we see there, isn't there? We read about it in verse 3. See, these are words that, that God spoke God said this in verse 3, he said, So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And what goes so terribly wrong for it to go from God walking in the garden of Eden in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve being with him, being with God where he is, to being expelled from it and unable to enter back in? Actually, for it being the case that no one can enter in. we see it in the garden see it also from the Israelites in the Old Testament. We'll talk about that soon. Uh, Well, we actually also see it from you and I as well. And it's that even though we were created for God's rest, our hard hearts make it impossible for us to be with Him where He is. That's point two. See, this is what Hebrews chapter 3 helps to establish. See, two times in Hebrews 3 and one time in Hebrews 4, Uh, we read that quote that comes from Psalm 95. In Hebrews 3, verse 7, we read, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Again, in Hebrews 3, verse 15, we read, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. And then again, that we read today in Hebrews 4, verse 7, uh, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. But what, what is a hard heart? What's going on there? Well, Hebrews 3 and 4 helps us understand that a hard heart is a heart that, because we don't listen to God, becomes calloused against trusting and obeying God. A hard heart is a heart that, because we don't listen to God, becomes calloused against trusting and obeying God. See, our hearts are constantly seeking to love something, constantly seeking to find fulfilment, to find rest in something. That something that deserves our love, it's actually a someone, uh, and it's God. The one who made us for relationship with himself. The one who wants us with him where he is. But what we see in the example of the Israelites in Hebrews chapter 3 is that we can't be with God where he is if we have a heart that because we don't listen to God has become calloused against him. See, this is what the Bible calls sin. Rejecting God's place in our lives is the one we need to listen to And to trust and obey. Now the Israelites—they had been saved from being slaves to the Egyptians. They had been carried and cared for through their journey in the wilderness, right up to the border of the land God had promised to give them. God, who had proven over and over again that they could trust Him, but they don't listen to Him. They don't obey Him. Their hearts were hard, and they do not enter in. Hebrews 3, verse 16 to 19, right before Hebrews 4, says, Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter in because of their unbelief. See, like the Israelites, uh, instead of listening to God say, trust in me, listen to me, uh, we listen to other voices that call cool our hearts to cling to them instead. Now, when money whispers, uh, hey, I'm the solution to your desire for proper rest. You can't have it without me. We buy the lie and we, we chase after it. Uh, we listen to how I get more of it. Instead of listening to God who says, no, you find that with me. When relationships whisper, we can give you the kind of love you really need that God can't. We buy the lie, we chase them. When power whispers, all your problems will go away if you have more of me. Or when sex whispers, I am the intimacy and the love you should be striving after and living your life for. Or when career whispers, you you can't get that home, you can't get that security, you really need me. We buy the lie. And instead of listening to God, we listen to our hearts that have strayed from God And we attach them to things God created rather than to God. We don't listen to God. And so our hearts are hardened against trusting in and obeying Him. This is true for every human being in the world, for everyone in this room. It's something we all have done and do, like the Israelites. And we cannot be with God where He is because of it. Instead, we deserve to be left wandering in the wilderness for eternity, living under God's right and just judgment, because we'd rather listen to and trust in the things of this world rather than the God who created it. But remember, God wants us with Him where He is. See, God's promise of being able to be with Him somehow still stands. In verse 1 we read, we read, Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands. It's in verse 6, Since... It still remains for some to enter that rest. And verse 9, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. God wants us with Him where He is. For for some reason, He still wants us. He he wants you. And verse 2 and 3 help us see how. See, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they, they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God said, So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So how does someone gain entry into relationship with God to be with Him where He is? It's through belief, through faith. Hearing the good news that has been proclaimed, And trusting in the one who it points towards. That's what we have heard. Good news that points us to the one God has chosen to speak powerfully through in Hebrews chapter 1. Remember we read that um, a few weeks ago. We read there, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. We can't be with God because of our hearts that have become hardened against God by sin. We can't be with God because our sin makes us His enemies and we deserve His judgment. We deserve His anger. We deserve to be left in the wilderness like the Israelites were, but for eternity. But Jesus, when He died on the cross, He took that sin upon Himself so that instead of us perishing in the wilderness under God's judgment, Jesus did instead. And the call of Jesus is to respond to this great message of salvation that we have heard by faith. By faith in Jesus as the only one who can deal with our hard hearts, deal with our sin, and lead us back to God. See, this is how much God wants us with Him. That He would face death in our place to deal with the problem of our hardened hearts. To pay the penalty for our hard hearts on our behalf, so that we might be given new hearts that aren't claimed by the wilderness, but that belong with God again. If we trust in Jesus as the only one who can save us and bring us to be with God. See, no other person could do this. No other person could lead us back to God. The Israelites in the Old Testament who were led by Moses, who we read about in chapter 3, uh, they were not led back to be with God. The Israelites in verse 8 this morning that we read about who were led by Joshua, even though Joshua led them into the promised land eventually, we couldn't lead them to be with God because of their hard hearts. Uh, David, who is mentioned in verse 7, their king, the king of the Israelites, uh, who led them, he couldn't lead them back to be with God because of hard hearts. See, Jesus is the only one who can lead us back to God, who can deal with the problem of our hard hearts. Now, I'm actually, I'm going to pause now. Uh, and before we look at the final point for this morning, we're going to sing a song that helps us see this, uh, that helps us see Jesus as the only one who can lead us to be with God, who can deal with the problem of our heart and hearts. And as the band comes up, uh, just let me read out the lyrics to the third verse there. Uh, we read, Christ, the true and better Moses, called to lead a people home. Standing bold to earthly powers, God's great glory to be known. With his arms stretched wide to heaven, see the waters part in two. See the veil is torn forever, cleansed with blood. We pass now through. Let's sing. Uh, where he is. Now he's made that possible through faith in Jesus. The only one who can get us there. Christ, the true and better who did not fail where every one of us fails. But the author of Hebrews, they want to remind us of the disobedience of the Israelites in the wilderness for a reason. He wants to remind us of their failure to trust in God's word, to listen to him for a reason. We pick it up in verse 1 and verse 11 in those warnings, don't we? Uh, Since the promise of entering his rest still stands... Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. What the author of Hebrews is saying here is that if you say you trust Jesus, then live like it. Don't just say you trust Jesus and then ignore him. That's not trusting him if you trust jesus live like you trust jesus and don't trust the things of this world if you trust him you will listen to him because you trust that he's the one who knows the best way to live it's great that you listened to him a month ago it's great that you listened to him yesterday uh, but today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts do not ignore him he's given you a new heart that belongs to him Don't let a callous form against him, but listen to him. Now, what might this look like? Well, first and foremost, it looks like responding to the good news that there is someone who can restore your relationship with God by trusting in Jesus as the only one who can do that if you have not yet. And recognizing that nothing you do can restore it, only Jesus can. In verse 9 we read, "...there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God." For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from His. The works being referred to here uh, was a sacrificial system that the Israelites followed in order to dwell in right relationship with God. Uh, It was a constant system requiring a priest who would make animal sacrifices to God on behalf of the Israelites to turn God's wrath aside from them. But the author of Hebrews is reminding his readers, you don't want to go back to that because the ultimate sacrifice has already been made in jesus so he's the one who restores our relationship with god you can't do it i can't do it only jesus can and you can rest in the knowledge that you have a savior who has gone before you and made the way back to god possible through trusting in him and him alone not what you can do at all but in him you can rest from your works there can't be any doubt from us that we, can, that we can sneak in to be with God or make our own way in to be with God. See, a day is coming, we're reminded in Hebrews, when Jesus will return as our judge, where we will give an account for the way that we have lived. And there's no hiding our hearts from him and from his word. Verse 12 to 13 leaves no doubt about this. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him uh, to whom we must give account. We can't hide away from God, but we can turn to the one who loves us enough to die for us. Trusting that because of Him, we can stand before God, not as His enemies, but as His beloved children for all eternity. With new, soft hearts that He will never let go. The first and foremost, listening means trusting in Jesus for our salvation and no other. But secondly, listening today means continuing to trust that how Jesus tells us to live is the best way and obeying Him. Uh, Jack... When you're walking near long grass, watch out for snakes. When I listened to my dad, I was wary of snakes. And even though they were there, I didn't step on any. When I didn't listen to my dad, I stopped paying attention and it almost cost me dearly. When we listen to Jesus, when we listen to God's word, we are wary of the sin that might draw our attention and our hearts away from him and we don't listen to Jesus, well, we're going to listen to something. And it's actually going to lead us to sin against God and turn from Him. When you read uh, in Scripture that greed is a sin, um, but time for tax return is coming, and no one will know if you just lie a little bit so that you get that little bit more back this year, uh, you have the opportunity to either listen to God's Word, to acknowledge that actually that's the wrong thing to do, or you have the opportunity to listen to your heart saying, wouldn't that little extra bit of money give you the fulfilment and rest that God can't? And lie on your tax return. I mean, no one would know. But a callous will begin to form in that area of your life if you do. The next time it'll actually be a bit easier to do that. The time after that will be even easier. But you need to call it for what it is. It's sin. And you need to see that the snake is an inch behind your heel. When you know from Scripture that it's wrong to look at what you're looking at on the internet, but you refuse to listen when God says that's not the way sex is meant to be used, another layer of the callus begins to form. And it's easier the next time. But you need to call it for what it is. You need to see that the snake is an inch behind your heel. And you know from Scripture that it's wrong to keep talking about that person the way you're talking about them, but they're just the worst. And it's wrong to keep treating them the way that you're treating them, but they're just the worst. You need to call that for what it is. And you need to see that the snake is an inch behind your heel. So repent. Turn away from that sin to Jesus saying, I'm sorry and trust in Him. Listen to Him. So Yesterday, if you listen to God's word, that's awesome. But today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Continue striving after Jesus, because nothing this world offers can give you what he can. Lasting, eternal rest with God where God is. God wants you with him in the world to come. So today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And that's the amazing thing about what Jesus has done is that sometimes we look down and actually it's like we see the snake's fangs have sunk into our heel. That's the way you might be feeling this morning. You might be feeling hopeless, uh, thinking it's, it's all over because there's just this one sin you keep returning to, just again and again and again. You keep messing up. You feel like you've stepped on that snake and it's got you. You've been ignoring Jesus. You've been not listening to him and you know it. But Jesus says the same thing to you. If, if you didn't listen yesterday, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. See, the antidote has already been given. It was given on the cross when Jesus died, when he shed his blood for you. So don't turn to that sin and think it's all over. The serpent's head has been crushed, the antidote has been delivered. So turn to Jesus and know that he offers forgiveness and keep fighting, keep listening, keep trusting in him and asking Him to change your heart, that you might desire Him more as you listen to Him more, and desire sin less as you pay less attention to the voices of this world that try to entice you away from Him. God wants you with Him in the world to come, so today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. I want you to imagine with me that you're lost in the woods, and it's night time. And you're so cold, so cold, that the numb hands and feet kind of cold and you're wet. And you're stumbling around in the darkness. You have no idea how to get home. You have no idea where you are. And suddenly you hear this voice from the distance. Uh, You look up and you see a house. You see your house. You smell wood smoke from a warm fire inside. You smell warm bread with honey on it. You see a distant light shining in an open doorway with a figure standing there, and they're calling you. But it's so dark, and you can't figure out how for the life of you to get there. How about that voice kind of floats down through the woods to you from the figure in the doorway. You say, trust in me. I, I know the way. Just step forward. But watch out for the log in front of you got to turn left so you, you turn left and you keep walking keep following the sound of that voice and the voice says uh, there's a row of thorn bushes right in front of you um, it's going to hurt but you actually need to keep walking through it and, and trust me you don't want what's on either side of that thing you, you need to go through it for now so you walk through it and when you get to the other side your eyes are s- still on the figure in the doorway still following its voice they say whatever you do don't go to your left there's long grass there and some snakes so you don't go left but you keep walking forward the promise of warmth and of safety of food and rest is awaiting you see god wants you with him in the world to come so today if you hear his voice do not harden your heart he is leading you home let's pray Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you that you're a God who loves us. You're a God who speaks to us. Lord, today, if we hear your voice, please help us not to harden our hearts against you, but to listen to you, knowing that you're the God we need to trust in, knowing that your Son is the one we need to trust in, to be led home to you for all eternity. Amen.